Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. The dwelling of God among His people is what the hearts and souls of all humanity are longing for and can't seem to figure it out. And yet it is heaven that keeps coming down to earth. It is not earth that has ever figured a way out to get to heaven. We have not built towers to glory, but glory has come down. I hope you can see this this morning. This is what it's about. We have not been saved just so we can sit around and marvel at us being saved. But we have given a task on high as citizens of heaven to be ambassadors of heaven wherever we go. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen, amen. Love that old song. Amen. Precious Jesus, hold my hand. I hope that's the desire of every child of God. Amen. We need the hand of the Lord as we walk through this life, don't we? Amen. Amen. We need it every single day. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, if you'll turn there with me. And uh, I'm going to kind of uh, pick up where I left off a couple weeks ago. Um, Some of you... Some of you were here, some of you were not here, but on the thought of kingdom living, and we were kind of going through the uh, Genesis 1, 2, and 3 account of uh, what, what God had established there in the beginning, and so I'm going to kind of pick up uh, where I left off, and I'm going to read the exact same text that I had uh, a couple Sundays ago, Genesis 1, 28 through 31. Amen. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and every bird of the heavens, And to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath, has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Amen. And I just want to talk to us just for the next little bit, still in the whole mindset of kingdom living, uh, but just to give it a different title, uh, Dwelling and Dominion dwelling in dominion. Amen. And if you will help me, you can be seated in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Appreciate everybody being in the house of the Lord. It looks, it looks good for us missing 18 families today. It looks very, looks very good. Looks very good in here. I have noticed ever since I started teaching the adult class that I have gotten an extreme amount of gray hair and I don't know if that is connected or if it's just connected to me getting older, if it's genes. I don't know what it is. But anyways, no, none of y'all are driving me crazy. Don't take it. Don't take it wrong. <laughs> At least I have hair, right? You got hair to be gray. All right. All right. So uh, as I, I just kind of recap a little bit uh, from where we were at a couple weeks ago on the thought of kingdom living, and then I'll jump into uh, dwelling and dominion. Uh, 
uh, we, right here in our text, we're at the end of creation. This is at the end of the sixth day, and we know that, that on the seventh day, God rested. And, and so now we have the end of creation, and we are told that at the end of, of all things, that, that it was good. In fact, it says very good. Everything in creation is good. Everything that God spoke into existence is good. And then we move on to Genesis 2, where God plants a garden in Eden. And what we see in Eden is kind of where we focused at a couple weeks ago. What we are seeing in Eden, what we are reading about in Eden, is a, it is a picture it is a picture of the kingdom of God. And in what we find is that there in this, in this garden that God had planted, uh, there is order. There is life without death. There is the presence of God is, is readily available. And, and it's not through a veil. It's not some reflection. But it is the presence of God that walks in the cool of the garden with his people. And what we're reading here and what we're seeing in Eden, it is the kingdom. There's no chaos. There's no strife. There's no death. There is no pain. And we read about Adam and Eve and how they were created in the perfect image of God. And there they were unashamed. There was nothing to hide. There was no shame. They were fully seen and they felt no shame. They felt no need to hide. They felt no need to pretend that they were something that they were not. And that's what God constructed. That's what God instituted. That's what God spoke into existence. And in the kingdom, there is no shame. In the kingdom, you are fully known and fully loved in the presence of God. And so here's what the kingdom is, just kind of as a reminder to you. Here's what the kingdom is. The kingdom is this. It is chaos that is driven out through order. It is the presence of God that is unhindered. There's no death. There's only life. There's no shame, only peace. That is the kingdom of God, and that is kingdom living when we find ourselves in that spot. And so that's what God created, and... I said this a couple weeks ago that a lot of people would say, no, that's what God created. This that we're living in is what God created. No, no, no. That's what we created. That's what the fall of man created. That's what sin created. That's not what God spoke into existence. What God spoke into existence was perfection. What God spoke into existence was order. What God spoke into existence was life. And so in the beginning, we have the kingdom established. And you have the kingdom, and then we read on where we have the people of the kingdom. We have Adam and Eve, and they are given purpose. Adam and Eve have purpose. They have a role in the kingdom. And uh, God had just asked Adam and Eve. He basically went to him and he said, hey, you see all this order? You see all this structure? You see all of this peace? You see all this life? Here's the, here's the command. Here's the commission. I want you to go and I want you to go out into the chaos of the world and I want you to bring the kingdom into the chaos of the world. How many know it's the kingdom that's the answer? How many know it's the God that's the answer to the chaos and the strife and the pain that you and I deal with? So he said, bring about order into chaos, bring light into darkness, fill the earth, subdue it, and I'll give you dominion over everything. So you have the kingdom, and now you have the citizens of the kingdom, and they know their role, they know that they have a purpose, they know that they were commissioned by God, they have a reason for their existence, it's not like God just 
formed man and woman and said, let's just see, let's just see how this turns out. No, no, no. They were created with purpose to go out, subdue the earth, and I'll give you dominion over everything. We talked about the law of the kingdom, how there's one law. We talked about how living for God is simple. Kingdom living, kingdom living is very simple. We, we overcomplicate it a lot. We make living for God very complex sometimes, and we make it a lot harder than it really should be. But when you reread in the Genesis account that there was one law, there was one law. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Everybody say one law. One law. Think about the simplicity of the kingdom. You have the presence of God that's made available. You have purpose. You have dominion. You are made in the image of God. And there's one law. Don't eat this. Don't eat it. Living for God is simple. But we know the story how the devil comes along and he begins to whisper into Eve's ear. And, and here's the deal. You know, a lot of people, because here's the law of the kingdom. God says, don't eat this. And a lot of people, why? Why, God? And I believe that God wants to just kind of uh, to put into our minds, to put into our hearts, saying, don't eat this. And, and we say, why? And I believe God wants to tell us, because what you need is him. What, you need, what you've been built for, what you've been designed for, what you've been created for is his presence, okay? And so he doesn't want you to operate like you don't need him. And so he doesn't want you, he's basically saying, hey, don't eat this, but the reason you shouldn't eat this is because what you really need is me. What you really need to focus on is me. What your soul most desperately needs is not the fruit of that tree, but it is standing right in front of you, walking in the cool of the day. And God is saying, you don't need to know right from wrong. You just need to know me, and you need to be in my presence. Yes. That's kingdom living, and that's the law of the kingdom. Yes. We read all through Genesis chapter 3, and I won't go into much detail about it just for the sake of time, but we read about the kingdom that was lost in Genesis 3. There was so much that was lost in Genesis chapter 3. But nothing as significant as the loss of God's presence. The one thing that you and I most desperately need to thrive as created beings is the presence of the creator and the king. Church, without his presence, we are left discombobulated. We are left confused. We are left like blind men and women reaching out to try to heal a disease that we neither understand nor can fix on our own. We need the presence of God. There is no kingdom life without the king. It is impossible to, be, uh, to have kingdom life without the king. Yes. Somebody said amen. amen. There was so much loss in this chapter, and we begin to see the consequences for Adam and Eve. We see creation reordered. There was... Where there was peace in life, there is now chaos, and, and there's, uh, there, there's now thorns and thistles instead of vegetation. You have death. You have Adam and Eve now being told, you will die. You will return to the dust from whence you came. 
You have all of creation twisted so that Paul would later write on in the book of Romans that all creation groans and it longs to be redeemed and reconciled uh, 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 back into the kingdom, back into what it was meant to be. That longing inside your heart, church, that longing inside your soul, that angst that you feel, that is, that is what your soul is reaching out for because it remembers and it knows. There's something inside of it that says, no, I was created for it. A deeper purpose I was created for a deeper meaning I was created for the presence and it's his presence that I'm longing for it's his presence that I'm desperately seeking after that's what you feel inside your heart there's something in us that can remember this there is this feeling inside each and every one of us Ecclesiastes says that God has put eternity into our hearts and you cannot fill eternity with what is temporal that longing in your heart and in your soul cannot be filled with anything outside of God. We need the presence of God. All right, so this is the basic plot line. This is, this, that's the basic plot line of the kingdom. So, so how are we to understand that, Bryce? How are we to truly uh, get it? Well, I think one of the ways that I could help us understand the story, the plot line of the kingdom is two words. And if you're wondering what those two words, and if you guess dwelling in dominion, you win a prize. Not really, because it's up on the screen this morning. Two words that I want to talk to us about here in the next 25 minutes. When we talk about dwelling, we're talking about God's presence with his people. You see, the whole Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, is about God with us. That's the, that's the story of the Bible, church. If you could sum it up and, and let a friend, let a coworker know, what's the Bible about? The Bible is about God with us. Throughout the scriptures, if you know your Bible, if you've been at church, just think how often. Picture this and think with me. How often is it that heaven invades earth with the presence of God? You see, Eden is about God with us. The children of God being pulled out of Exodus, the establishment of the tabernacle is about the presence of God. Solomon building the temple is God with us. Christ coming, putting on flesh and dwelling among us in the incarnation is about God with us. It's about the presence of God. The Holy Ghost that was poured out on the day of Pentecost is about God with us. It's about the presence of God. The new Jerusalem that we read about in the book of Revelation is about the presence of God among his people. Yes. Church, the dwelling of God among his people is what the hearts and souls of all humanity are longing for and can't seem to figure it out. And yet it is heaven that keeps coming down to earth. It is not earth that has ever figured a way out to get to heaven. We have not built towers to glory, but glory has come down. I hope you can see this this morning. This is what it's about. This is what it's about. This is what you and I most desperately need. The presence of God invading our hearts, invading our lives. 
Because of the fall, because of the kingdom lost, you and I, we are disoriented and we are broken and we are trying to fill what we were created for. The problem is, is that we are trying to fill that void with cheap, trinkety garbage that will not satisfy. There's a void in your life that can only be filled with his presence and nothing else will do does anybody notice that the the that the line keeps moving on you like you remember do you remember when you were young and it was i can't wait till i get my license i can't wait i can't wait to turn 16 i can't wait to get those license do you remember that? You used to think to yourself, if I could just drive, I would be a whole person. <laughs> I would have value. Then guess what happens when you start to drive? Then all of a sudden the line moves and you can't wait to graduate high school. And then you graduate high school and then the line moves, I can't wait to go to college. And then guess what? When you get to college, you can't wait to get out of college. You can't wait to graduate. Think about it. Most of us in this room are a little bit older. Most of us are a little bit older than we were yesterday. Except for my mother-in-law. She doesn't age at all. Most of us are a little bit older, okay? Right? The line keeps moving. It keeps moving, and it keeps moving. And, and we think, we get, out of, we get out of college, and we think, oh, I just need a house. I just need a house. I just need to get a house. And we get a house, and we're like, oh, goodness, this house isn't big enough. I need a different house. I need to find a bigger house. And we get a bigger house, and we're like, oh, we need a playroom, babe. We need a playroom. So we get the playroom. Oh, the playroom's not big enough. We need to get a different, we need to get a bigger playroom. And oh, we need a bigger yard. We get the bigger yard. Oh, it's not big enough. We need this. We need this. It just keeps moving. Even in, the, even in the workforce, okay? I don't want an entry-level position. I want this position, and I get that position, and I don't want that position. I want, I want, I want. It keeps moving. Issa, or Bennett, he's all about snacks, snacks, snacks. He's like, I want a snack. It's like his favorite word, snack, snack, snack. Snack. I mean, he doesn't even say good morning anymore. Good morning, buddy. It's nah. <laughs> but it's so frustrating, and my grocery bill is through the roof right now because we fixed him a snacky, and it, if I'm lying, come and tell me because he, he, he said, Mallory, he's like, I want oatmeal. I want oatmeal. So Mallory fixed him oatmeal. <laughs> Mallory fixed him that, and that was spot on. <laughs> Mallory fixes oatmeal, he takes one bite, and I want that. I'm done with that. I want a knack. And immediately, so he runs to the fridge. Now he can open up the fridge, and like, he is stubborn. He just wants this, he wants that. And, and the thing about it is, the snacks that used to please him two months ago, he, he, we can't give him that because those are old snacks. He wants the new snacks. He wants the 2020 snacks that haven't even come out yet. I want the bootleg snacks that are on the truck, haven't even made it to the dock yet. At a young age, the line keeps.
keeps moving with a two-year-old. Amen. You know why it keeps moving? Because what you and I most desperately need is not all of that. We don't need a bigger yard. We don't need a bigger house. You know what we need? We need dwelling. We need presence. That's what our soul was designed for. It's not money. It's not pleasure. It's not stuff. It's not power. Only that stuff will satisfy for a moment. The stuff, the junk, the power, the pleasure, the money will only satisfy for a moment until you get numb with the amount that you have. And all of a sudden the line moves and you want more. It won't satisfy. And that's what keeps going on in you. The kingdom lost. The kingdom that was taken the kingdom that was broken inside of you, there's a void that's reaching and reaching and you're trying to find that level. You're trying to find that joy. You're trying to find that peace where there's now chaos. You're trying to find that life where right now we're surrounded with death and we're searching and we're searching. The good news is here. Here the good news is heaven just keeps breaking in. God just keeps showing up. You try to fill the void with temporary but the eternal just keeps breaking in David says surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever dwelling dwelling the Duke of Wellington once remarked about Napoleon He said these words. He said, I used to say of him that his presence on the field made the difference of 40,000 men. One man's presence on the battlefield made the difference of 40,000 men. The presence of a strong leader has a very powerful effect. And I wonder... How much greater is the impact of the awesome power of the presence of God? I believe there is a deep spiritual hunger in all of our hearts that can only be satisfied by the presence of God himself. The presence of God satisfies our deepest spiritual longings. And this is what Adam and Eve lost. They lost the sense of its presence through their sin. In Genesis 3, kingdom living was lost. Dwelling was lost. We cannot take his presence for granted. The scriptures often speak of God's presence in human history. The most common Hebrew term for presence is panim, which is also translated face. Face. Implying a close and personal encounter with the Lord. You see, church, it's not so much did we experience the presence of God in this service today. We always experience the presence of God every time we gather together. Rather, it's did you come face to face with him today? And the answer to that question is based upon your relationship with him. Did you come face to face with him? God's presence carries a wide range of meaning. It it, it may be something to fear. Adam and Eve's sinfulness drove them to hide from the Lord. 
in the garden. God's holiness in Isaiah casts light on Isaiah's sinfulness. As God displays his presence through his great power, the Bible talks about the whole earth trembling. The Bible also talks about false gods also become powerless in his presence. Fear and trembling are proper responses before the one who controls all creation. God's presence, it provides comfort in times of trouble, in times of anxiousness. And the Bible says that the down Downcast, seek him and find encouragement and strength to praise him. God's presence is where prayer is heard. David sought the Lord's presence when Israel faced a three-year famine. The Bible describes heaven as a place filled with God's presence. And it talks about the angels that stand in God's presence and act on his authority. God's presence is a place of blessing as David counted it a joy to experience the Lord's presence, to experience God's presence is to experience the shining of God's face in all the age to come God's presence will be the ultimate blessing for believers will see him face to face his immediate uh, presence as Revelation says will render a temple unnecessary and it is the anticipation of this presence that should motivate Christians to faithful service in this present age I said all of that to say this that we need the presence of the king of kings it's the place of blessing it's the place of answered prayer there's power there's authority there's anointing in the presence of God you need the presence of God I need the presence of God kingdom living is about the dwelling presence of God everybody say dwelling Not only are we to think of kingdom living through the lens of dwelling, but also dominion. When we talk about dominion, we're talking about the purpose by which God saved us. The official order was given to Adam and Eve. And what were they told to do? Go out of Eden and bring order to chaos. Take this life that you've been given. Take this peace. Take this order. Take this structure and take it out to chaos and bring order to chaos. It reminds me of another order. It reminds me of another commission. Jesus spoke words just prior to his ascension that made heaven shout and hell shudder. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. I want to remind everyone here that these last words that were spoken by Jesus right before his ascension, they were his last words that will be heard while he was physically on earth. The last words from somebody on his or her deathbed are treasured and preserved forever by their family, by their loved ones. The final words that Jesus spoke while physically here on earth were uttered right here in Matthew 28. And what would he say at this critical moment? What would Jesus speak right here 
at this most important moment. He could have said anything he wanted, Brother Bishop. He could have said anything. He could have chosen this critical setting to utter many things, knowing that his words would be forever embedded upon the collective psyche of his most uh, ardent followers. What would he say? Contained within the Great Commission are Jesus' last words. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go make disciples, Christ followers, agents of light and reconciliation. Go and make it of all nations. You see, fulfilling the Great Commission is the essential practice for the church that demonstrates, hear me today, how we value what was accomplished on the cross. Paul would write, his great sacrifice is our salvation. His great grace is our motivation. His great lifestyle is our method to fulfill his vision. Church, hear me today. We have not been saved just so we can sit around and marvel at us being saved. But we have given a task on high as citizens of heaven to be ambassadors of heaven wherever we go. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. You've been commissioned to go. You have dominion. You have power. Most churches, as our music comes today, most churches have decided what we really need. What they really need is we need need more programs. We need more activities. We need uh, we need more functions. We need more. We need more of this. We need that. We need this program going in our church. We need to add this program this Sunday. We need a new Wednesday night program. We need another activity. Church, hear me today. We don't need more programs. We need the people of Landmark to understand that they are citizens and ambassadors of heaven. Hear me today. You are the program. You are the activity. You are the one who can go to people who are far from God, who don't really want to sit through another program. They just need the presence. They need you in their lives. They need you that is full of the presence of God to invade their space, to invade it with love, to join them in their tears, to join them in their weeping, to join them in their loving, to invite them in. You've been called to go to enter into their habits and hobbies and love them well, not because they're a project, but because you're a citizen of heaven who has been dwelling in the presence of God and you are empowered by the presence to live out the kingdom. Which is to go. Go. You see, everything in this life should be looked at through the lens of the kingdom. Work is about the kingdom. Money is about the kingdom. Young people's school is about the kingdom. 
children are about the kingdom everything is through this lens and it amazes me sometimes as you stand with me this morning it amazes me sometimes that we try so hard to find purpose in things that are outside the kingdom. I'm just going to ask you this morning, what purpose could we possibly find outside of the kingdom? What purpose? You know what we do find outside of the kingdom? Things that are fleeting. Faster and faster escaping our grip. We work so hard in this life. We go and we work a job and we work it for 20, 25 years. And some people, some people get so caught up in it that they think, man, they're probably going to name the building after me. They're, they're probably going to put a statue of me outside. They're not. They'll replace you with somebody who's younger. They'll bring somebody else in. Six months from then, probably nobody will think about you. What a shame to give your life's purpose to things that are outside of the kingdom. All of this, all of life, everything that you see, I believe should be looked at through the lens, the kingdom lens. And hear me, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer right here, but what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to orient you around what ultimately matters most and by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Ghost, save you from a life of boredom and destruction and rather release you into the dominion of God's purpose for your life. Church, I want to be in the will of God. I want my life to be in the will of God. I want my children's life to be in the will of God. I want them to understand that they have dominion because of the dwelling presence of God. And it puts them in line with what God wants. You have purpose. You have power because of his presence. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.